Hello and welcome to a special Big Recon on Sports Podcast edition. This is the Big Recon Baseball Show. I am your host. I am the Big Recon. And as always on the Big Recon Show, Baseball Show, I am joined by Alex from Row 7, my friend from Chicago. Alex, good to see you again, sir. How are we doing? How tonight, we doing? oh, we're doing great. But tonight we have a special guest. We have the man behind the Shakeback Media Group, the Ballers Podcast, and just about every other thing you can find on Twitter and video and YouTube for sports talk. <laughs> Mr. Willie, Ep- Willie Epting Jr., and he is also our first West Coast baseball fan. Willie, how are you, friend? Busy, man. I'm so busy, but I appreciate you uh, asking me to come on and take part of this, man. You know you are, of course, part of the Shakeback Media Group family. Um, Alex, we're waiting for you to get indoctrinated into the family. So, um, yeah, it's all good, man. It's all good. Well, that's, uh, listen, I love doing it and I can't wait to get back on the, on the horse with Nat this coming baseball season. But gentlemen, we are right now in the midst of the first labor stoppage in major league baseball since 1994. For those of us who are old enough to remember with great clarity, Mm -hmm. I am going to say something to you gentlemen. And I wanted you to expand on this for me. This is going to have major repercussions for our game. Because Cal Ripken Jr. is not coming out of the dugout. We're not going to have 1998 again. So, Willie, since you're the newcomer, sir, I will open the floor to you first. How long can this thing last before it really hurts? Well, before we can even start talking about how long it's going to last, guys, let's talk about when it's going to start. They have just announced, I want to say it was on Thursday um, or maybe Wednesday, that talks will not even begin to be scheduled until January. So with that being said, if they're not, if they're only going to start talking about when to schedule these talks in January, and we know that pitchers and catchers report at the end of January, beginning of February, what have you, it, it could have a little bit of a lingering effect more than what we're really prepared to have. Alex, you're in a two baseball ta- baseball team town, just like I am. Um, now I know the bulls are off to a good start and the Blackhawks are always big, but what's the pulse of the white Sox fan right now? I mean, you guys are coming off a division title, um, made some nice uh, additions in the uh, one in the bullpen that I want to get into first when we get done with this. What's the mood like in Chicago with the baseball people? Uh, growing impatient, I, I would say very much so, because the Cubs look to be kind of turning the corner. Uh, they're potentially going to be suitors for like a Carlos Correa, maybe a Trevor Story here in the near future. Uh, and then as far as the White Sox, I mean, like you said, you win a division, but it's simply not enough. You want to get to the pinnacle. You want to win it all. You want to add more pieces. So as a baseball fan here in Chicago, uh, I can speak for everybody and say growing impatient. And it's not looking good right now, as as Willie mentioned. Uh, the fact that they're just starting to talk or going to have conversations in January. I, don't, I, I hate to be pessimistic about it, but, man, if if we miss half of a baseball season, I wouldn't be surprised. I hope it doesn't come to that. And I also would say this. I feel this time – and I just want to take a poll real quick. This is more on the owners this time. The players walked out last time. This is more on the owners. Let's talk about what we're talking about. The biggest thing that Rob Manfred has said he doesn't like is they want to reduce free agency by a year. 
He's like, oh, well, p- players hate or uh, fans hate when players leave the team. Fans want to watch baseball, Rob. Yeah. It's not rocket science. Yeah. Yeah. So we did have an active hot stove season after that World Series. Tip of the cap to Freddie Freeman and the Atlanta Braves winning a World Series against our favorite chief. I mean, the Astros. <laughs> um, <laughs> you knew I was doing that. Yep. <laughs> I hate them. Um, yeah, I know you do. I know you do. So let's start with the Atlanta Braves and let's start with a lingering question that wasn't answered, surprisingly not answered before the lockout. Boys, have we seen the end of the Freddie Freeman era in Atlanta? Willie, I'm going to start with you. Really? I'm afraid so. I'm afraid so. If he goes so. to the Yankees, I'm a flip. Um, I, I don't know where he's going, but I – and I <laughs> – I see Alex. No, 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 no. <laughs> we hate the Yankees. Oh, yeah. I, I just have an opinion, but I'll let you speak first. Really, go ahead. I really don't know uh, where he's going. I haven't heard anything about him not re-signing with the Braves. Um, I'm just looking at the history of things. When you have these long-tenured stars in these cities that have gone through all of the rigors from the bottom to the top, and now they're here, <laughs> like Drake said. Um, Excuse me, but I I think that um, you know, he he, he may have the Aaron Rodgers the Aaron Rodgers fever. You know, I, I've won here, now I want to go and see if I can win somewhere else, along with possibly being pursued a, as like a recruit because in his time in Atlanta he hasn't had that opportunity. So that's just me thinking of it thinking of it from that standpoint. Again, I haven't heard any reports. No sources have told me anything or such like that. So this is kind of where it is. And I see your side of it. And it would just break. It, I, listen, I hate Atlanta. Hate him. <laughs> You're supposed to. <laughs> I, oh, and trust me, I'm the one who used to lobby for Benitez to come in in the fifth inning and drill chipper. Yeah. So listen, <laughs> I get it. But there are certain things you shouldn't see. We should never have seen Anthony Rizzo outside of a Cubs uniform. Mm-hmm. We should not have – we thankfully didn't see Jeter or David Wright outside of a Yankee or Met uniform. I honestly think we cannot see Freddie Freeman outside of an Atlanta Braves uniform. Just me and my heart. But, Alex, you were stifling laughter and shaking your finger like the Kembe Mutombo. So what do you think? So I, I'm also of the same mindset as well, too. It would be hard-pressed for me to see Freddie Freeman in another uniform. But the fact that – the Braves maybe kind of shuffled their feet a little bit and kind of were a little bit hesitant to kind of put that deal together for him. Cause if, if it was me and I, if I was running the Braves, you lock them up immediately. But the fact that they kind of let things things sputter and now we're in the situation where there's a lockout and no conversations, I would not be surprised. And I, and I'm going to say this loosely with no insight. I would not be surprised if Freddie Freeman does not wear Dodger blue in the near future. Oh, come on. Not be surprised. Yeah. You got got to think he's going to go to one of those larger markets. I don't think Chicago, the Cubs, rather, would be in the mix. Um, The White Sox won't be. You don't think the White Sox would be? Not with Jose Abreu there. No, you got Abreu right now, and then you have uh, a versatile um, Andrew Vaughn and Gavin Sheets who can both kind of flex at first. So, Mm -hmm. of course, I would love to see him here, but – what about, his, what about his DH? 
I don't know that he would come here and want to play DH. I think he wa- he I think he wants to play the field. I and think. honestly, I don't think you can move Freddie Freeman off the of first base yet. We're talking the modern day closest to Keith Hernandez we've ever seen mm-hmm. with the glove. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh the larger markets, the uh the uh LA's, the Chicago's, the New York's, um the DC's, the Baltimore's, all that. Um I, I don't see there's any possible way that he would land in DC or in 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 Baltimore. Uh, but that Dodgers, that Dodgers scenario would just be another addition of the Dodgers continuing to get rich and richer by adding that dude to their lineup because their first baseman is what uh, Max Muncy, right? And they play Bellinger there every now and again too. So you have to, we have to believe that Freddie Freeman is an upgrade over Muncy, even though Muncy did have a terrific year last year. Agreed. I agree with you. And you also think from the perspective, Muncy is versatile. He could, you could put him at third, you could put him at second, you know, or you mm. can move on from him, which would be a far cry for me. I would hate to see the Dodgers move on from him. But if you go from an upgrade to uh, a guy like Freddie Freeman, then, you know, I can see that possibly happening. Yeah. I see it happening if they move on from Justin Turner. Which very well could happen. Yeah, because Muncy's right-handed, so you can move him to third uh, and have Freeman play the other corner. So, yeah, I can see it happening. It's just it's, – it's a heartstring thing for me. I'm a big sap since the little one showed up. Um, so let's get into some of the craziness that happened before because it got downright stupid before it all happened. So, you know what? I'm going to start with the White Sox, and I think – they made maybe not the biggest splash, but probably the smartest in adding, Ken- adding Kendall Graveman to that bullpen, uh, which, Alex, you said to me at the end of the year, you felt they needed more help there. So I know you and I chatted a bit. I could look up the text message, but eh. no. um, <laughs> <laughs> do you like – I mean, it was him and Leury Garcia were the two big names that came into Chicago. How do, okay, Grading the uh, – abbreviated offseason. How do you feel about the White Sox with those two key moves? Uh, I'd like the move with Graveman. I know he's not a marquee name that you know that you you, you put on your sign out there to say, hey, we we, we picked him up. We got him, <laughs> up, got him off the agency. But um, the whole, and I, t- I talked with you about this, Mike, the whole Kimbrell Hendricks experience, eighth inning, ninth inning, did not work. Uh, I'm kind of glad that the White Sox did pick up his, his, uh, contract his uh i think his uh what what is it um team option yes his option thank you um because that's obviously somebody that can move uh it's looking like he might go west i've heard rumblings of him before the whole lockup going to the padres so if you can kind of work out a deal to go to the padres uh i don't know who exactly they would get in return but i am kind of confident uh with the move that they look to to bolster their bullpen because as we've seen in the playoffs uh you can't have enough pitching and with with the way that they had that quick exit and their, their bullpen and front end staff got mashed by the Astros uh, smart move to, you know, to, to kind of help that back in for sure. I agree with you. I'd love Kendall Graveman to Chicago. I want to kind of Willie, we'll talk about the A's when we get to the Mets okay. in a little bit. Okay. But I want to shift to the national, to the American league West. And how about Robbie Ray? taking a massive deal to go to Seattle. Listen, 
the Mariners are in this thing. And they were in it till the end of the till close to the end of the year. Um, here's a name that I think people who follow the Seattle Mariners need to keep an eye on, and that's Michael Conforto. Mm-hmm. And adding him because he's not coming back to New York with what the Mets did. So, Willie, as a fan of the A's, how much more are you worried about Seattle now? Well, I'm, I'm much respect to what they're doing out there at a uh, hashtag see us rise S E A us rise. I think that's pretty cool how they did that. Um, but the Mar- the Mariners have steadily improved over the last three years, I would say. And what can you say about Mitch Hanniger? He he is probably the one of the top four or five players that nobody talks about because he plays in Seattle and Seattle plays so late. Um, and unless you have one of those MLB packages, then you're not really paying attention because they're not on national TV that much. Hardly ever, really. Um, and then they had the young kid. I, I can't think of his name. Uh, I think he played shortstop. But uh, two years ago in the opener against the Red Sox, he took Chris Sale deep twice in that opening game. So, And then, of course, with the signing of Robbie Ray, I, I don't really know how much that's going to – I don't know if, if that's going to have the effect that people are thinking that it's going to. Simply because Robbie Ray, yeah, he's been good, but you really never he's not he's not that type of a, a pitcher where um you you think of him as an ace. I mean, yeah, he's been good, but we don't really know what we're gonna get from him. When he was in, in Arizona, um he was good, but again, he won the Cy Young with what 13 wins this year? Well, listen, my boy J- Jacob DeGrom really took the wins out of the Cy Young Award with what he did those two years. But then again, the Mets' offense and bullpen were hot garbage, so that's a different animal altogether. Yeah, but Robbie Ray ain't D- Jacob DeGrom. That's very true. So, um, <laughs> I like I like Robbie Ray out there, and then Alex, I'll, I'll jump to you. I'm sorry. Um, I like Robbie Ray out there not so much as – Let's face it. There are five true aces in the game right now. There really are only about five that you can put out there every fifth day and go, I'm going to win this game. Yeah. Two of them are in New York. Um, <laughs> cough, cough. Cough, cough. And neither of them are in the Bronx. Anyway, um, <laughs> hold on. Willie, ask Alex. I hate Garrett Cole. I yeah, can't so, stand Gary Cole. So when so, he got, so when he got tattooed against the Red Sox in the uh, in the in the playing game. Hold on, I said to my buddy I work with, who's a Yankee fan, I said, "Bro, you paid three twenty four for six outs." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Alex, as the other American League fan here, do you now fear the Seattle Mariners? Uh, I don't, I I guess I can't go that far just yet. I need to see if they make any other additions. I mean, granted, they had a stellar year last year with not really any household names that, you know, normal baseball fans would kind of take into consideration, but there have been rumblings out there that they're, that they're looking at uh, getting Chris Bryant and bringing, you know, getting him from, uh, from the giants. So if, if that were to come, come true, I mean, you got to look at them as, as primetime players in the AL West and in the AL as, as far as I'm concerned. So I'd like to see them if, if they were going to make any more moves, 
you know, you go after Chris Bryant. If you land him, great. If you don't, you know, I'm sure they'll be in the mix for somebody else. But I'd like to see them bolster their pitching a little bit more before I can really say, wow, that team's a, a, a significant threat. Here's a name that's out there that I am shocked has not been was not picked up on a one-year prove-it deal. Guys, Clayton Kershaw is a free agent. Yeah. Yeah. I am shocked someone did not throw $12 million to him and go, here, prove it. I wouldn't be surprised if he went home and he went to Texas. Oh. Yeah, and Texas has made some splashes, man, with Marcus Stroman and – and that was where I was, that's where I was going next. Okay. That's where I was going next. Okay, we're going back out to the AL West. And Marcus Simeon and and uh, Yeah, I, I said Strowman, didn't I? It, it, that's yeah. all right. We're gonna get to him too. That's my boy. We're gonna get to him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um is it okay? Kyle Seeger was the third baseman in Seattle. Corey Seeger was the Dodger shortstop. Mm-hmm. Correct. Corey Seeger that just got paid 200 million more than he's worth, and Marcus Simeon are now in Texas as maybe the best middle infield in the American League. The word maybe was attached, my friend. Yes. Right. Because I know Tim Anderson. He's pretty good. And don't forget, that young kid in Seattle now has Adam Frazier with him. J.P. Crawford. That's J.P. Crawford. Um, So let's talk about Texas. Um. Is this A-Rod part two there, Alex? Yes, indeed it is. Yes, indeed it is. <laughs> Wait a minute. What was the question? Is this A-Rod part two? Oh. <laughs> I mean, look it. I'm all for guys getting paid, and Marcus Simeon had a great year. He's had a couple great years in, uh, in Toronto. Um, the same for Seager in Los Angeles. However, the caveat is Seager cannot stay healthy. And for them to pay him, what was it, 10 years, 325? Mm. Wow. So I think I sent this, sent you a message, Mike. Between him, uh, Simeon, and John Gray, they spent a half a billion dollars. Last time mm. they spent that kind of money, they didn't do anything. So, I mean, I, I know they're trying to compete because when you think of the AL West and when you think of the AL as a whole, most people really don't consider the, the Texas Rangers as viable competitors. So I get it. They want to compete, but... I think they just threw money. You know, they were just kind of threw money and just hope they're hoping that it kind of sticks as far as I'm concerned. Now, granted, I may have to eat crow and, you know, keep my mouth shut in a, in a number of months when they prove everybody wrong. But from my perspective right now, we've seen how these type of deals work. And when you go out there and you sign a guy who's 28, 29, 30 to a 10 plus year deal, <coughs> pool holes. <clears throat> yeah. You see what happens. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so Willie, um I asked Alex the A-Rod Part 2 question kind of tongue in cheek. Right. But you're in Texas. Mhm. Did this create the buzz they were looking for? Yeah, or did it, did. it go it did? Yeah. Okay. It, it did. And let me tell you something. Um I've talked to a couple of Rangers players over the last few weeks. Uh AJ Alexi, a starting pitcher, he was a rookie this past year. And Jose Trevino, that's my dog, man. He's the catcher and also was a uh, a finalist for the Roberto Clemente Award this year. Um, so I, I was actually with him a few weekends ago at his toy drive. And we talked about just that this past season. But that was before 
the signings of these two mega stars with with uh, Simeon and and Seager. So he at that point was excited about what the prospects were for um, for next year, and they just re-upped Chris Woodward, the manager. I think it was a two-year extension. So I think John Daniels, JD, the GM, um, he may see some things that that we don't see. Uh, and, and, and those two guys being signed, I mean, I hated that Marcus Simeon decided to vote Oakland for Toronto uh, on that one-year deal. And now you talk about a person or a player that betted on himself and won. He did that. Um, and as far as Seager goes, I mean, I think, I think they overpaid for him just a little bit. I understand that he was the NLCS and the World Series MVPs in the same year. Um, but, la- I mean, last year was an anomaly. You only had 60 games, and a lot of the players that, were, that we've seen put up monster numbers struggled last year and vice versa. So I, we'll see how it goes. I mean, the Rangers, to me, their thing has always been starting pitching because – They've always had the bats to do it. Willie Calhoun doesn't, uh, he comes to mind. Um, you know, they had Joey Gallo before he he was traded to the Yankees. Oh, and oh, by the way, on uh some some insider information, uh, I was I, I have it on a good source that Joey Gallo hates it in New York. Absolutely hates it in New York. That's because he's in the wrong borough, Willie. <laughs> It may be true, but that may be good for you guys because that dude strikes out too way too much. I mean, I think his last year his batting average was what one ninety eight, but he did have over over thirty home runs. I mean, but that's too much of a feast or famine, especially for a team like the Mets, who has these two horses. Oh, let me. I'm getting ahead of myself. So yeah, please, please. Cause I got something planned for that. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop right there. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, do you know who Joey Gallo reminds me of? Dave Kingman. Thank you. <laughs> My old man. Now I don't know if you know that name, Alex. I do. Yeah. Okay. My old man saw Kong hit one that went over the top of Shea. Mm-hmm. Okay. He was a jerk. But Kong was 30 bombs, 250 strikeouts every year. Every year. He made Rob Deere look like an average hitter. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Dave Kingman. <laughs> We're still talking about Kong in 2021. Wow. Um, so I want to get to two more moves before we get to my Mets. And I know every time I'm, I do a big rig in baseball show, Alex knows – my boys take up a good chunk of it because they're an interesting bunch. And normally it's on the bad stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like, like the first team to spend over a hundred days in first place and end up under 500 in major league baseball history. Yeah. That was really disappointing. You dude, you have no idea. Yeah. So I want to go to the other side of Chicago real quick. And I want to talk about the three moves the Cubs made that I absolutely adore. Jan Gomes for that young pitching staff is huge. Um, They picked up that redhead narcissistic punk Clint Frazier. Um, And I say it like that. Willie, did you know this? When the Indians traded him to the Yankees, he actually floated them 
unretiring number seven? Why would he do that? He ain't that good. Because he's an idiot. But he's not that good. I mean, dang. Uh, but this is what I'm saying. This is why I say things like this about this man. Uh, you you I, don't I get. I didn't know that. That'd be like uh, Trevor Williams asking the Mets to unretire 41. You just don't do stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And finally, the move that nearly broke my heart this offseason, Chicago gets the Stroh show. Yeah. Marcus Stroman signing with them. And I will get to Chicago's perspective after I go to Willie first, Alex. And I'm going to start here. He's a gamer. He's a dog. And if they got a halfway decent infield defense, he's going to thrive there, especially early in the season when the wind's blowing in at Wrigley. Mm -hmm. Willie, I know you like Stroman too. So I'd like to ask you about Jan Gomes more than anything else. Um, you're talking veteran catcher. Um, is he just there to back up? Um, oh, with the, is he just there to back up Contreras or is he there to push Contreras possibly to first base where Anthony Rizzo no longer is to keep his career a little longer and his bat in the lineup? Uh, I mean, with Contreras a little longer in the tooth, first base might be a, a good deal for him so he doesn't have to take that punishment behind the plate every How day. How old is Contreras? Uh, late 20s, I want to say, if that. Okay, I thought so. Okay, so Jan Gomes is – is is going to bring a lot of leadership and stability along with Strowman, both of those guys to that young pitching staff. And for Strowman, I think he was a victim last year of a um, absence of run support for your Mets. So with that being said, going to Chicago, it may be a, a little bit of a, 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 a not as a, a much of a challenge because we know Wrigley is a hitter's park or hitter's friendly park. So I, I don't I don't expect the Cubs to really do much in terms of making a playoff push this year. But they are cert they certainly are building in the, in that direction with some of the pieces that they uh, put together. I don't, there are no Milwaukee's still the class of that division. Um, I think St. Louis is actually going to be a little bit better than they were. Um, they had some injuries there to uh, to Flaherty there in the middle. Flaherty was pitching lights out at the first, what, third of the season, and then he got injured. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think the Cubs, man, with, with that, with those two pickups or with those, with those acquisitions definitely are pointing the arrow upward as opposed to downward like my Oakland A's are. Alex, let's talk Marcus Stroman in Chicago. Um, let's talk about what you feel the Cubs fan base will do for him. I know you're a White Sox fan. But what do you? How do you think the Cubs fan base will embrace a Marcus Stroman type player? Because they haven't really had somebody. He's a he's a different kind of dude. They haven't really had somebody like him on the Cubs in a long time. What do you think he's going to be as far as with the fans in Chicago? I think I think he'll definitely vibe. I mean, I, I look at him similar to like a Carlos Sambrano minus the angry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, you know he's you know very very vocal, very boisterous out there on the mound. You know he lets his kind of emotion show. I think def that'll definitely work with the, the Chicago fans. Uh, ha having friends of mine who are Cub fans, uh, 
they're happy with the acquisitions that they've made, uh, but they're not fully, you know, fully bought in just yet. They want them to kind of really go in to say that they're here to compete again. Uh, but by all accords, uh, not everybody is 100% sold just yet, just because of the year that they had last year where it was a fire sale. You know, you let go of Rizzo, Bryant, Baez, you know, everybody under the sun was, you know, name your price essentially. So after experiencing a year like that, um, fans will definitely be at the stadiums uh, to go see the Cubs because that's just what they do. But in terms of the of the buy-in just yet, I don't think everybody's too convinced at, at the moment. Now that could change if you go out there and you land yourself, like I said earlier, a, a Trevor Story, Carlos Correa type of thing. That can kind of sway some people. But I still think that even with those additions, they're maybe an 85 win team. If that, mm-hmm. that's just, that's just my personal opinion. I, I don't think they're, they have enough to kind of be that, you know, that 2015, 2016 type of team where they can, you know, just push their way through. And I agree that I think the Cubs are building something very, uh, that can turn around quickly. Uh, bringing in Stroman who could pitch out of that one spot in that rotation um, and be somewhat of a stopper. I mean, he did great. He pitched great last year. He did. Made all 33 starts, too. That's mm. huge. Um, we had some other moves. Uh, let me ask you guys this. Wander Franco played, what, 90 games? Oh, boy. Yeah. What a payday. Are you kidding me? I mean, Tatis, I get. Not only did, was he an all-star and – and 30 home runs in this and that and the cover of the ball of the game that I play every almost every time I get a chance to. I didn't see much of him. Is he that good? He actually was pushing a Rosarena for a potential AL rookie of the year. But okay. due to the fact that he only played in such a limited amount of games, you know, you probably didn't get to see him as much as we saw Rosarena. Plus, we had you know, we had tape on the Rosen Rainer from last year in the postseason for what he did. Um, but I, I, you know, that that deal kind of reminds me of the deal that Atlanta gave Acuna Jr. It may yeah. look it, it looks like a big number, but at the end of the you know towards the middle and towards the end of the deal, I'm thinking it's probably going to be way more team friendly than than even Acuna's deal because as the, as the salaries continue to go up, you know those those deals are going to look more and more shrunk. That's very true. Um, so, Alex, I want to ask you about something. And let's go back to Chicago for two seconds. Javi Baez to the Detroit Tigers. Mm. I'll tell you that what, Det- hurt. Detroit's going to be good. Detroit, they're going to be sneaky good. And I'll tell you something. The kid whose job he just took, Zach Short, is from the high school my son goes to. Mm. Oh, really? Zach Short is from Kingston, New York. Hmm. Where Zachary will graduate from in June. Look at that. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Um, surprising that they're that they kind of went all in like that for Javi Baez. Granted, I mean, I think he's much better with the glove than he is with the bat. However, to kind of put him in the middle of that lineup, you know, kind of bolster yourself up with whoever else they have on that team. But I know that they're going to be they're going to be pretty good. I, I feel that they they're they've kind of turned that corner. They're not. You know, they're, they've moved on. Even though he's still on the team, they've moved on from the Carlos or the sorry, the Miguel Cabrera days. You yeah, know, he's still there, but they've they've built past him already. Essentially, that's kind of how I'm looking at it. 
I agree. Willie, are you surprised Byron Buxton stayed in Minnesota? I am. I am. I'm, I, I, I mean, he got a he got a, he got a great deal from the Twins, but um, the Twins seem to be on a downward trajectory to me. When you look at the teams that's in that division, Chicago, Cleveland, Kansas City, Detroit, as uh, Alex just mentioned, I'm looking at their roster right now. They've got some pretty good talent as well. I'm talking about Detroit. Um, and with yeah, yeah, if you think back to last year's trade deadline when they let uh, Barrios go to Toronto, that signal, and then they traded Encarnacion. No, was it Encarnacion? Nelson Cruz. No, Nelson, Nelson Cruz. Cruz. Nelson Cruz to the uh, to the Rays. You had a, you, you knew then that they were really just trying to unload some things, but then to sign him to that deal. It, it, it looked to me like it, okay, I, I'm going to get this money as opposed to I'm going to try to go out and win a championship. And, hey, if that's what floats your boat, so be it. This isn't the first time Minnesota's done this. Because they traded no, they let Kadire walk, and they signed Joe Maurer long-term. Mm-hmm. They did basically just did the same thing by letting Barrios go, trading, uh, trading Barrios, trading Nelson Cruz – and signing Buxton to a big deal. It seems kind of like your thing, like, okay, this is our guy. Let's throw him a big amount of money. By the way, his contract's incentive-laden, and a lot of it is how long he stays on the field. Huh. Um, that could be a problem. Yeah, I think yeah. He's, a little, he's a little injury-prone, too. Exactly. Um, I got one more that shocked me, and then I'm going to get to the lunacy that is the New York Mets. <laughs> uh Gaussman's in Toronto? Yeah. You know the Mets offered him more money, right? I did not know that. Yeah, they offered him $15 million more. Wow. He what must like the exchange rate. Yeah, it must, it must be something. So I want to first open up the Mets section by saying thank you to Stephen Matz's agent for pissing Steve Cohen off the way he did. Um. Because then, and Willie, I couldn't pull it up without spoiling the surprise, so I'm going to say this. I've been listening to a lot of Tina Turner the last few weeks. <laughs> I don't want to be your because, hero. <laughs> because City Field going to be the Thunderdome. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. We don't need another hero. <laughs> we don't need another way home. All right. <laughs> when <laughs> I pulled my phone out, I was trying to cue it up, and I couldn't do it without ruining it. So, <laughs> I, literally, the day they signed him, I downloaded that song on Amazon. So, yeah, let's let's talk about the biggest splash in the offseason, and that is the New York Mets blowing away the average annual value of any contract in Major League Baseball history and giving Max Scherzer three years, $130 million, an average annual value upwards of $43.3 million. Um. I'm starting with Scherzer because I need some background on some things, and Willie's got background on some other things the Mets did for me. Um, but I tell you what, the 18 and a half they saved on Syndergaard and the 19 they saved on Match certainly went to a really nice place. I will ask you both this question, and the two words in front of it are if healthy. Mm -hmm. Is this one-two punch getting my boys to October? Because you are talking about the two guys who in the last five years 
have finished first or second in the Cy Young every year? Um. Now, I, remember what else they still have. And then. Hmm. Alex, I'm, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll let you go first, man. You're going to defer to me? <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm going to defer to you. I, I'll say yes. I'll, I'll just say, I'll say yes. But even with these two arms being as phenomenal as they are, are going to need more than two runs a game. I'm sorry. I agree. I agree with you. There's no other damn way about it. You got to put up more than two runs. And, and I'm telling you like Scherzer and DeGrom will probably give up nothing, but a pass ball, a walk, a hit by batter, and you give up a run, and that could be it right there for you. So you gotta you gotta put up runs. I'm with you. I'm with you hundred percent. I'm also envisioning five game series in October. You're right, and I and where I where it's where you gotta go Degrom Scherzer, and if he's right, Cookie. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say too. Because the Mets have more depth than people think about. You have Cookie, you have Taiwan Walker, who I think is somewhere in between the all-star and the aberration that he was in 2021. Um, you have Peterson, you have Tyler McGill, who was a huge, huge surprise this year. You have Trevor Williams, and I don't think they're done. I honestly think you could see Kershaw in a Met uniform. I was just gonna say, you seem a little right-hand heavy. I I would envision them going out there getting a lefty, right? Just kind of throw it throw it off right in the middle. I agree. That's what that's what I think they need. They need uh, who's that Japanese lefty from Seattle? Kikuchi. Yes, he. They've been linked to him too. So, so to uh, give me an opportunity, give me a shot at this question. Let me get a swing at this question. Okay. All right, let's go. Well, <laughs> there's gonna be lots of swings and misses at those two, but go on. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> I, 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 I think I'm gonna hit it out the park, and you guys can tend to let, uh, let me know what you think. To answer the question, DeGrom and Scherzer, will those two be enough to get the Mets to October? I say yes, but it's not just because of Scherzer and DeGrom. I think it's going to be a, a combination of who's going to be that third guy that can go out there every fifth day and at least hold it down for him. I think it's going to be um, the fact that they have uh, Alonzo and they got Sterling Marte from the A's, who is going to inject a lot of pressure and athleticism uh, in that team because he can do it. He can. He's a five-two player. Yeah, Marte is a five-two player. He can steal bases. He can beat you with the home run. He can beat you with his arm. His glove. He can do it all. I think that that signing of him was probably one of the more underrated signings in all the free agency so far. Here's the other thing it does too. It moves Brandon Nimmo to the corner, which will be the Mets defensive outfield. Now has gotten better. Here's something scary playing franchise on M on the show. Starling Marte was my first free agent signing going from one season to the next. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I knew what he was. I didn't think the Mets would be in on him at all. I thought they were going to re-sign Michael Conforto and leave Brandon Nimmo in center. And when they signed him, I said to Willie, I said, Willie, I'm sorry. We just raided your clubhouse. Mm -hmm. 
Because you got Mark Canna too. Because I think the more underrated one is going to be Mark Canna. Mm-hmm. Um, but believe it or not, none of those are my favorites. I love me some Eddie Escobar. That's a huge one. Yeah. I love him. He is going to be phenomenal. The only thing wrong with the Mets, and Alex knows what I'm going to say. What am I going to say, Alex? What's the most the thing that's most wrong with the New York Mets? Uh, is it your closer? I yeah. can't stand him. That back in. <laughs> Willie, I think I've asked for Edwin Diaz to be deported the last five times Alex and I have done a baseball show. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I like the Timmy Trumpet song. I like the Timmy Trumpet song. And I think it's great for the fans. But every time I hear it, that little bit of hair I have left on my head starts to stand up. I got a question for you, Mike. Yeah. How terrible would it be in his first appearance with the New York Mets? You get eight innings out of Scherzer. You know, he gives up, you know, gives up a run. You bring in your guy, Edwin Diaz. And And gives up a two-run bomb. Yeah, and he, he blows the game. What what, how, what are your immediate thoughts? What are you feeling? Uh, I'm going to ask you one simple question. Would you want to stare into those two different colored eyes if you did that? <laughs> no. No, absolutely not. Hey, listen, I don't think – I think it's going to be hilarious. The Mets open against the Nationals mm. in New York. Wow. So it's going to be – if healthy – Opening day will be in, in no offense to Max Scherzer, but when Buck Showalter gets this job, yes, yes, you start the incumbent on opening day, which means we're going to see Strasburg and DeGrom on opening day, then we're going to see Patrick Corbin and Scherzer in game two. I almost wish that was in DC, almost. Yeah, but Strasburg, man, he he's burned. Speaking of waste some money, he's burned. Do you know what bothered me the most about Strasburg when he came up? They compared, they had the audacity to compare him to Doc. No way. Yes, Doc, they did. Doc Gooden. Yeah. Yes, oh, they I, did. I, I they're, not, they're not even built the same. No, I'm talking about the power and the strikeouts and the everything else. Yeah. It missed me so with I, that one. Side note, Willie, did you watch that thing on ESPN about the Mets, the 86 team? I did not. I wanted to, but I did not. Go on ESPN Plus, and I will warn you, you are a God-fearing man. (laughs) This could hurt you. (laughs) Uh, Hey, with a team with Ray Knight, Gary Carter, Daryl Strawberry, Doc Gooden, Ron Darling. Hold on. More cocaine than Scarface. <laughs> and Lenny Dykstra sounds like he had way too much. It's yes. epic. It, I sat here, I watched it on my tablet, and I'm watching this and I'm going, how did my father let me watch these men when I was seven years old? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have you read the book, The Bad Guys One? Jeff Perlman did a dive on this team. Chapter one is about the flight home from Houston. That's when, when they, they uh, when they, they destroyed the plane. Oh gosh, I thought you were gonna say when they destroyed the Astros, but well, no, when they destroyed the plane. 
That was that that uh, who was on that that actual squad? Mike Scott, Mike was Scott, your ace. yeah. Bob Nepper, mm-hmm. Billy Hatcher, Kevin Bass, Charlie Kerfell, my personal favorite. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty bad. I mean, it's... Alex, that might be outside, that might be outside your wheelhouse. That's like what eighty? That's Six. thirty thirty five years ago. I was not born yet. Yes. <laughs> okay. Time to move Hold on. on. Wait, Willie, Willie, I hear that stuff from my wife, too. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I said, oh, this happened in 86. She goes, I wasn't bored yet. I go, can you go away, please? Yeah. Far, far away. <laughs> no. She, she likes to bust my chops about it. But, yeah, no, and honestly, it was really well done. Jimmy Kimmel had his hands on and Jimmy Kimmel's a big Met fan. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's – I got – Two more questions for you guys, and we'll wrap it up. It's been 45 minutes. Well, you and I you don't do this this long. This is fun. I like mine because it's long form, and we just don't shut up. It's wonderful. Yeah. Um. So, Texas, let me ask you this. Justin Verlander, smart or stupid? For him or for the Astros? Start with the Astros. Dumb. Then go to him. Dumb. <laughs> Dumb. I mean, look, he's coming off of a major injury. He's what thirty eight years. He'll be thirty eight years old when, when during the season at some point. He's been out for more than a year, and I understand that Justin was was uh, he was dealing really consistent for a person at that particular stage of his career. And they've been saying a lot of people have said that the Tommy John surgery that pitchers come back stronger and better than they did. Um. But I don't trust him. I don't trust him because he doesn't have Garrett Cole with him anymore. I mean, I know he's got Lance McCullers Jr., but he doesn't have – Lance McCullers Jr. ain't Garrett Cole. And he won't have Zach Greinke with him either. Bet you Lance McCullers get more than six outs in a playoff game. You're probably right. Kata, get Alex. <laughs> When he started getting blown up after they wouldn't let him use pine tar anymore, ask Alex, I had a field day. Yeah. Alex, I'm going to ask you to represent your father's team, and I made mention of it when Steve Cohen went on a spending spree, but how do you like Steven Matz in the middle of that Cardinal rotation? It's a nice pickup. It's 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 not earth-shattering. It's not a no. Kershaw, Kershaw in his prime to, to the Cardinals. No. But I mean, I, I think it'll 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 pay dividends. I mean, for the most part, every everybody that I've seen that has that has jumped ship and joined the Cardinals has kind of found their way and you, you know made St. Louis their home and you know they kind of bleed that Cardinal red. So I think it could work out in in a positive light for them, and especially whether he's the number your number two or number three, uh, definitely going to give some reprieve to uh, uh, your 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 Flaherty, who is your your workhorse, and that's why he's you know, injured here and there. So I, I think it'll pay dividends for sure. Yeah, I like the move. I, I wish he would have come home because I think the Mets need that lefty in the middle of the rotation. But I like the move for them. Last player on the list. Speaking of spending stupid money, why did Anaheim give Noah Syndergaard $21 million? I was going to ask you about that. All right, let me tell you what I think really happened. I honestly believe that no one knew this was going to happen. And I have said the Mets have should have done a few things over the years that really would have set them up for the future. 
first and foremost, they should have moved Pete Alonso to third base. Because then you'd have Dom Smith and Pete Alonso in the same lineup every day without Dom Smith being out of position. Mm-hmm. Um, I said this when he was an opener two times last year. Noah Syndergaard should have been the Mets closer in 2022 instead of Edwin Diaz. Now imagine Thor coming out of that bullpen instead of Timmy Trumpet and slamming the door. I think he would have been better suited to stay in New York and be a closer, not for $21 million. If he wants to start and he got inklings of that, then I understand why he went to Anaheim. But Artie Moreno has not spent a smart dollar since he signed Mike Trout. Mm. Well, hold on. He brought in Otani. Is this just a ploy to kind of make it, you know, you know, give give uh, Trout and Otani a little bit of help in terms of pitching? But that's exactly what this is. But I mean, Syndergaard can't go five days in a row. So who else is going to be behind him? And I mean, well, they left right. They left Rachel Iglesias out there. He resigned with them too, which is kind of keeping that young power arm there. But. You could have put money in a Kershaw. You could have put that because he's got unending resources in LA. You know, as big a money as Trout's making, that's still a pretty team friendly deal now with Pujols off the books. He could have put money into Gaussman. He could have put money into Robbie Ray. He could have put money into, heck, he could have put money into Justin Verlander. Mm hmm. Well, you got to Unless he's replacing Chris Hemsworth, why is Thor in Anaheim? And, and you got to think too that uh, Otani is a an ace. He is an ace. He's one of the five. Yeah, I honestly believe there are five legitimate aces in Major League Baseball right now. Do you think it. he's? Do you think he's one of them? I think it's Degrom, it's Scherzer, it's Otani, it's Garrett Cole, and it's Chris Sale, and that's it. Chris Sale. Chris Sale. Watch. You think? Watch. Uh. Maybe two years ago, maybe. Well, uh, I don't he's know. two years removed from the elbow. Yeah, and he actually performed pretty well when he came he back did. last year. So he, he, you may be right. I think those are the five that, if you needed a win, you could hand them the ball and get a W somehow. You don't think that um, one of those guys from LA, the Dodgers, would be considered in that? No. Hmm. I don't think Walker Bueller's done enough. I think Urias has proved that he's a good regular season pitcher. As a starter, he was lights out in the bullpen. Um, it Bueller's had his big spots and he hasn't come up yet. In his second, in his first full season, Jacob Degrom went into L.A. and beat Clayton Kershaw and struck out thirteen, and was unhittable. And then decided, yeah, I don't have my best stuff, but I'm going to go six and keep my team in it. Mm-hmm. Nobody else on that list could do that. Scherzer could do it. Scherzer's done it. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Chris Sale Chris Sale started two games and closed the 2018 World Series. Shohei Otani is a dude who can throw 100 and hit a ball five miles. Mm-hmm. Who was the fifth one? Um, and Garrett Cole, once he fi- and Garrett Cole, once he figures out how he can make his hands tacky again, it's pretty good. 
I, I don't Can have you a tell problem. Like with this. Just a yeah. little bit. I mean, it's just the day of the ace is over, unfortunately. I mean, Alex, Willie, and I, w- Willie, how old are you, buddy? The big 5 0, baby. Are you really? I'm going to be yeah. 43 in a couple weeks. So that's why I say that. So, like, I brought up Doc. Like, I grew up on Doc and, you know, guys like that. And you had, I lived through the early years of Maddox and Glavin and Smoltz and Willie 50. So you remember guys, you remember Gibson and Seaver and those boys at the end of their careers. Mm-hmm. Um, Alex, you saw Maddox, you saw Glavin, you saw Smoltz, you saw Randy Johnson and Kurt Schilling. We don't have those boys anymore. And it, it, as a former pitcher, it bothers me that guys like Kevin Gaussman and Robbie Ray just made over a hundred million. Yeah, and there are fifteen dudes better. And on top of that, um, I think Kershaw and Scherzer are, and in Verlander, are probably the last of that particular type of pitcher that went like with those types of innings that we're going to see for a very, very long time. I agree with you. It's become Tony LaRussa made this game too specialized when he decided to start playing with the bullpens. Yeah. Um, listen, man, he gave us Dennis Eckersley, who was a hell of a starter before he, uh, before he became that lights out reliever. So we've been going for nearly 54 minutes. <laughs> it's easy. So we're, it is it is easy because this this game is easy to talk about. And gentlemen, I know you echo my sentiment with this. If they don't play this year, it's gonna break me. It's just it's gonna it's gonna be a knife to the heart. My cousin Patrick in Cleveland, a friend of their family, was a sporting goods retailer. My cousin has a ball from the non-played 1994 World Series. Oh, wow. I was in Cleveland when that when that 95 season started. So, Willie, how long have you been in Texas? Since 97. Okay, so were you still in Cali in 95? No, I was in Louisiana then. Okay. So, but you remember, we all got excited leading up to Cal Ripken. You had the Indians in the playoffs for the first time since the 40s or the 50s excuse me you had the expansion of the baseball playoffs you had donnie baseball getting into the postseason in 95 junior yeah yeah guys if this if this goes south who brings the game back (sighs) wow i mean there are a couple of contender contenders out there but they don't they don't market those guys the way that they did back in the day. Yeah, but baseball has never marketed their stars. They didn't have to, though. They marketed themselves. Griffey Jr. I, agree. I mean, I was just going to go there. Griffey yeah. Jr. Yeah. I mean, because – and just imagine if Ken Griffey Jr. or Albert Bell or any of those other guys, Gary Sheffield, imagine if those guys – had social media. Hold on. <laughs> Albert Bell's a guy who chased kids down in his car for egg in his house on Halloween. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> and, 
Well, uh, fortunately for us, we're talking about his own the field stuff. <laughs> or own the diamond <laughs> stuff. So, but imagine if those guys had social media. I first of all, Junior would have been Junior would have been amazing. Um you know who would have been fun on social media, believe it or not, Kenny Lofton. Yeah. Or who is the one? Otis Nixon. No, Mark Grace. Mark Grace. <laughs> Alex, have you ever heard the Jim Rome interview? Of what? With Mark Grace? Yes, I have. Okay. Yes. Willie, have you heard it? I haven't heard it. This, go on YouTube and find Mark Grace's Slump Busters interview from the jungle with Jim Rome. I promise you, you will hurt yourself laughing. I have to check it out. I got to put that on my to-do list. As a matter of fact, um, that may be a topic for an upcoming hashtag Brothers of the Baseball show. Ooh. So, yeah, I'll go look at it. Sounds like a plan. So, Alex, we'll start with you. Tell us what's going on with Row 7 besides the fact you and I got to get together on that NBA show. Uh, Row 7 right now has had a little bit of a hiatus. Work is just driving me crazy and the holidays are here and – I've kind of put a little bit of a pause to it. I'm definitely going to going to bounce back in the new year, but right now it's, it's quiet on the home front, if I may say. Understood. But yeah, we got to get through it because I know Willie, you do the NBA too, Lakers fan. Um, my Cavaliers look good. Yeah, my Cavaliers look real good, and I love me some Evan Mobley. Mm -hmm. So Willie, pick one of the many things. That you do, my friend, and let us know what's coming up. Actually, tell you what, what's what's the next Ballers report? I saw you had a coach from Oklahoma State on the other day. Yeah, yeah, his dad and well, their his their family and my and our family is like okay, Michael Hunter Jr.'s dad and I were high school basketball teammates. Nice. So so their dad and their dad's brother. And my dad were all cool with each other. So, um, you know, Michael Hunter Jr., he started out at IU. Then he went to Oklahoma State on a uh, grad, grad uh, you know, as part of the um, – he had another year of eligibility. So he took his talents to o Oklahoma State. And he had a phenomenal pro day. He didn't get drafted, but the Giants signed him as an undrafted free agent. And he bounced around with the Giants and the Bills and the Texans and the Chiefs and the Broncos, um, and then he ultimately retired. But now he's an assistant coach on, on the defense up there in Stillwater. Is he going to get the job now that Ohio State pilfered their defensive coordinator? Nah, he's he's not going anywhere from, from Oklahoma State. Not, not no, no, I'm saying, I'm saying is he going to get the D coordinator job? Is who going to get it? Your buddy. Nah, nah. Okay. Nah. Well, because I know you saw the Buckeyes brought in their D coordinator to revamp their defense for next season. Yeah. Um, Mark Calendar, that last Saturday, Friday night, November, you and me, boy. I, I, I do have some more exciting news for you guys, though. What you got, man? Um, The Ballers Report podcast is on YouTube. Go and check it out. I had on there Liz Benavides, who is the director of public relations and franchises for the uh, the 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 rebeginning or the restart of the Arena Professional Football League. Um, I had her on. Um, she's part of the family. Uh, I had Chelsea Kyrus on. Do y'all know who Chelsea Kyrus is? 
I saw you doing the show. I don't know who she is, though. That's Antonio Brown's uh, baby's mom. Yeah. Did he really fake the prescri- uh, the vaccination card? We didn't. We didn't talk about that. Oh, okay. Yeah, we didn't talk. <laughs> and, and, and the reason why we didn't talk about that is because I'm going to be producing a show with her and Liz. Nice. Yeah. Look and at you, uh, man. And and um, I got I got us a Roku TV channel network. So I saw that. Be on the lookout for that. Um, I'm just excited, man. We got a myriad of things going on. I got, um, <clears throat> I've got, uh, I got some other iron or some other uh, logs in the fire. Uh, so I'm, I'm really excited, man. I'm really excited. Well, listen, first of all, Alex, as always, I always say this. Thank you so much for coming on. My, mo- the guest I have on most often, I have a ton of fun with you. It's phenomenal. Thank you so much. Willie, thank you for the opportunity you give me with everybody that you have introduced me to over this. Uh, Ruth and John and Nat, they're all great followers on social media. And, of course, hanging out with you is always fun, my friend. Um, I will send you text messages Monday night, just so you know. Because our boys sure. are playing. Sure. That, that, yeah. That, that. Maybe, maybe maybe we'll have our fifth string quarterback and one wide receiver to play. Um, Derek Carr is going to turn our secondary into what Michigan turned our defensive line into. Mm-hmm. Um, so as far as Big Recon goes, as I teased before, I'm going to get an NBA show with Alex. January, sometime in the first two weeks, I'll have the Wise Guy Sports Show with Jim, who actually did the background for me. Uh, my wife had said the big thing I had up, said, hey, can we take it down for Christmas? And I didn't have it up. And Jim said, hey, I got something in your email. And he did the the uh, Zoom background. So I'm going to be doing this uh, from now on. Cool. Maybe I get a green Great. screen one day. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, you can see me moving it, but mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah. Um, I am going to get an actual Mets show together. I've been working on it. I want to go in depth. And I also want to talk about some things I think the franchise needs to do moving forward. Uh, including, I dropped a hint, they need to hire Buck Showalter to run the show. As always, Big Recon can be found here on YouTube, on Spotify. is one of the new video podcasts. I didn't know if you saw that, Willie. Yeah, I did. They, they sent me to think. Was, I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Anchor, Breaker, Google, Spotify, Amazon. Just ask Alexa. Play Big Recon. Next time I talk to you, I'm playing Tina Turner. I promise you. Uh, (laughs) Gentlemen, thanks again. Here is to hopefully a wonderful baseball season. This is Big Recon signing off for Willie, for Alex. Thank you, everybody. Talk to you soon.